Yo, welcome to The Home for Anime. I am your host, GPC, great podcaster Callie, and let me tell you, I love love. If you've listened to me for long enough, you know that. But not only do I love love, I love loving people. And if there's someone who I love more than anyone, it's my mom. And I think, is that, is that my mom right there? Yes, it's your mommy. Wow, you're coming in great. Listen, I'm so honored, Playboy. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, it's it's the Valentine's Day special, so I figured, you know, who else? Oh, I am... Man, and you know, I love you more than anything. What did I used to tell you when you were growing up? Uh, hold on. I... What did you used to tell me growing up? You forgot. Uh, I forget a lot of things. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you. Do you remember me saying, I love you more than the moon, the stars, rainbows, unicorns, cotton candy, and ice cream? See, what I remember is one day, this is just a really cute story. I love telling it uh, whenever I see you. There was this one time, I don't know if you remember, I was probably 12 or 13, and I didn't want to go to school. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember. And instead of going to school, you said, all right, bet you don't have to go to school today. We can do whatever you want. So you took me out, and you bought me Final Fantasy 13. and you just took me to a restaurant, even though we didn't have any money. <laughs> Yeah, you said that you didn't realize that we were poor, and now you 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 are seeing the, the nuances of the fact that we struggle, but I made it happen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I love calling you. I remember something new every time. <laughs> well, listen, it was my pleasure. We have always had a good time. And I am so happy to be on your podcast, and I love what you said in your introduction about love, because I love love, too. You know, that's my favorite thing. It's it's my theme. Love is my drug. So, this is great to be able to talk about love today. And speaking of talking about love, in my adult life, I mean, partially when I was a kid because of Pokemon, but in my adult life... When I come to visit you, maybe maybe from about a year and a half ago, you, you've kind of been getting into anime, especially a year ago from now when you had that surgery. Yes, you know, because of you, I am getting into anime. And I'm so proud of myself because I've come so far. You know, one of the things that I wasn't excited about is I was never great at subtitles and subtitles kind of messed me up from the standpoint that it takes away from me being able to look at the actors and characters expressions and you know I, I like to look at them I think that's just as important as the dialogue but I wouldn't be able to because I was trying to keep up with the captions. So I wasn't really excited because I just assumed that everything would be, you know, 
um, in foreign language and caption, but I made a commitment because I wanted us to have an activity, and I knew how much you loved it, and I wanted to love it. And you know what? It's getting so great, and um, I'm learning what you, you didn't tell me. A lot of the stuff is English, Doug, so I don't have to worry about subtitles, which is fantastic. I'm really having a good time. Well, I'm glad to hear that, because I remember last year when you had that surgery and I came to see you, uh, thank goodness I had some online classes because, you know, we weren't going in person, so we sat down together, and, you know, you, you weren't totally high, <laughs> so we just sat up and we watched Little Witch Academia and we watched Great Pretender and you were like, what is this? I like this. Yeah, and you, you remember the first one we watched while I was sick was Relakama. Oh, yeah. I think we started it before. Did we start it before I had the surgery or right after? I think before. I, I was here for a few yeah. weeks. It was before, you, and i tell you why it was before. Because I saw a pair of pajamas that were like the pajamas that the main character wore. And I got so excited. And I bought those pajamas specifically for us to finish watching Relakama together because I knew we would be in bed. And I was so excited to show you those pajamas. So, yeah, we started with that and then we saw... You're right, Little Witch and Great Pretender over this, my recovery period. And we had a ball binging. Well, we couldn't binge Great Pretender, but we were able to binge the other two. We binged it the next time I came to see you, though, like the second season or whatever. For Great Pretender? Yeah. We did? Yeah. Okay. Well, all I know, I loved it. I lo I've loved every single anime that we've watched. And we've been to a couple movies, too. And this has been great. And you know what? It may have even helped me to recover from mm. my surgery some because it was just so pleasant having you here and then watching that good content. Well, speaking of good content and speaking of love and love, you and I, we actually became Zoom buddies. For part of this, but then part of it, I actually was able to visit. But we saw Princess Tutu. Yes, Princess Tutu. And an English dub at that. Yes, and it was fantastic. Oh, twenty-six episodes felt like three. <laughs> it really did. It went by so quickly, but it was it was a roller coaster, man. It was it was so. Good and so exciting, and I loved it. it. It just makes you feel so many different things. Yeah. Which, you know, going into the synopsis, it kind of makes sense that it makes you feel all those things because when we're first introduced to the show, the thing that's presented to us is, once upon a time, there was a man who died. And that pretty much kicks off the story where we're introduced to a duck named Duck. 
and Duck is kind of transported to this storybook world because she's watching this prince dance, but she always says that his eyes look so lonely. And come to and come to find out he's missing shards of his heart because he impaled his heart to save people while he was fighting his nemesis, the Raven. Mm-hmm. And this little duck gets a pendant that lets her turn into a human girl, but it also lets her turn into this kind of deity named Princess Tutu. Yep. And Princess Tutu is working to get the heart shards back of the person who she loves. Yes. And it was so beautiful and you know like you said it's very fitting that you go through all of these emotions while you're watching the series because the character who is trying to recover his heart he's having to relive all of the emotions again as he you know receives those heart shards one by one. Each of them represents an emotion. And um, even though he's had a heart before, he does he has no memory of that. He doesn't know what that feels like. So he's going through the motions and as he is experiencing each return of those feelings and emotions, we are as well. And it's, it's very, it's great. You know, I, I do want to talk about the characters, but there, there's one moment that really got me that I just kind of want to talk about really quick. So the prince in this storybook town, his name is Muto. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can just start calling him Muto. Right. And there's this episode where Duck and Muto get kind of whisked away to this restaurant. And there's this woman who is trying to continue to feed them these dishes that she's making. Yes. And Duck is like, oh, God, look, it's, it's cold and it's bland. And, you know, what, what are you doing this for? And just when, when you find out the reason why she's doing it, and then you, it's just, it's just relevant to, you know, things that you and I have, gone through in terms of grief and you know, yeah. I, I don't know if you could see it all over the screen but I, I actually I did cry in that episode yeah. I, I, I think I held it back but I definitely felt it and I identified with it and yeah very relevant um, I don't know if your listeners know that your dad passed away in 2015 and it's been rough on us because we love him so much and we really miss him and it's it's you know grief is super hard um you know as you go through the stages and you never forget that person um but it's so difficult because you still have to carry on. You still have to go on with life. And, um, you know, we, we went through a lot of rough patches, but I think we're in a great place now. 
a place of honoring him, re remembering the good things and, you know, kind of being able to remember more with a smile than with tears. Absolutely. Yeah, I miss him, but yeah, I'm glad too. you're still around. Oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> I'm glad you're around. <laughs> because I don't know what I would do without my coolest boy. Oh. Well, so the the characters in Princess Tutu are really something. Of course, we have Duck, who I'm, I'm looking at the notes that I wrote and... In the note, I just said that she's cute, selfless, and awesome. And I mean, <laughs> is there really anything else to say about her other than, you know, clumsy? Because <laughs> she is a duck. Yeah, but to me, the core is the selfless part. That's what, um, you know, that that's what just pops out What takes over, it never changes. Her motivations are completely for the gain and, you know, just better, happier existence of others, which is so rare because, you know, all of us want to be happy and it's very seldom that somebody puts their own happiness to the side the happiness of someone else and you know she did not just do that for Muto even though that was the object of her attention and her affection but you see throughout the series that she she does it for everyone and I love her for that truly a class act young lady yes very much so and I think the thing that, aside from that, that I really love, I mean, I, I appreciate definitely what you said about her putting everyone in front of herself, but she, she, doesn't, she doesn't lose who she is and all of that. I mean, she has some moments of self-doubt mm -hmm. and she has some semi-self-deprecating moments where she just thinks, I can't do this because I'm a duck, or I can't do that because I'm a duck. But she's someone who always overcomes what she it does. is that's going on inside of her. She which, does. of course, you know, when you're the protagonist, you have to have something like that, even though the story weaver behind Muto, the Raven, and the storybook town is actively trying to make the most tragic story that he possibly right. can throughout the entire series. Well, you know, that's a really good example of mind over matter, over attitude being the most important aspect when we face life situations, how a positive outlook, a positive attitude can give you strengths and abilities that you may not have naturally, but that are created because you become so determined to overcome the obstacles that stand in your way to getting things done. And that was definitely one of the beautiful parts about her. I mean, thank God it's Valentine's Day because she is 
full of nothing but love. That's just a big, just a cute bundle of love. That's 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 the only word that I can use to describe her. And of course, the person who she loves most, or at least it seems like she loves most, Muto. His journey of getting the shards of his heart back, getting those emotions back. You know, it really reminds me of my favorite anime, Violet Evergarden. Because mm-hmm. as Violet's growing and learning to process all of these emotions, it seems like Muto's doing the same thing, even though in a more, of course, fairy tale setting. Right. And right. I mean, of course, I will always prefer Violet Evergarden over any and all anime. Oh, yes. My favorite so far as well it is. Definitely at the top of both of our lists, I can safely say. And, um, you know, Violet and Muto do have a lot in common, especially from the standpoint that initially they both did have emotion, but with Violet was conditioned in such a fashion that emotions were not to be taken into consideration. Violet was more like a soldier with a a goal. And that was the, you know, that was her main objective. So she turned herself off to anything other than the objective. Whereas, again, with Muto, at one point he did have a heart. But, you know, you could say they're similar, too, in that he had a mission as well. His mission was to protect the kingdom. And because he didn't want to see the destruction of others, he did a selfless thing by actually removing his heart to change the trajectory of the story. Yes, because the raven was horrible. Yes, the raven was horrible and dastardly from the standpoint of the tactics. He he was a he was a traditional villain in a lot of ways, but it was kind of what you expect, more mundane. But as you go along with the to, you know, in the story and find out the depth of his depravity and what it is that he's done wrong, it really reminded me of Frozen. Oh, you're talking about Hans? Yes. Um, It's so funny. The reaction that happens, Daddy and I, of all people, two grown-up adults, decided to watch Frozen one day. And when it got to the scene where Hans is telling Anna, oh, but only if someone loved you. I mean, we were flabbergasted. We were without words. We we were incensed with, like, what? Like, do, do you hear that right? <laughs> and then I remember you coming home from school and Telling me what happened to you when you saw Frozen. Oh, dude, I cussed that screen out like 
there, there were teachers in the room. There were children. Everyone was laughing at me. They're like, is he really throwing this much of a tantrum over a movie? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, we did the same thing, but, I mean, you know, we, we were we at home. Yeah, you weren't in public. We, we weren't in public, but, I mean, it was like, I know that fool didn't just say if only somebody. I mean, we looked at each other like, um, is this not a Disney movie? But. We were, we were shocked, and you know it tickled me so bad when you said how you tore up that classroom when they said it. But you know it was it was so unexpected. So you know as, as people watch Princess Tutu and get to how you know horrible the the raven the raven is. The raven is pretty smooth. He's pretty cool on the surface. I like I said he's. Like a traditional villain, but then when you get down to what he really did, it's, it's something else. And you know, like there's not just positive love in Princess Tutu. There's also toxic love and toxic relationships yeah. and not really understanding or enforcing boundaries, which we can see in Muto's... I guess you could call her his girlfriend, Rue, and mm -hmm. his kind of guardian, Fakir. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult because we're, you know, we can't go too deep into the story. We don't want to spoil it for anybody. But, right. you know, I will say Rue's standpoint was wanting and needing so desperately to be loved mm -hmm. for someone to love her and you know it was caused by the lack thereof that she had received you know from her childhood on up so there was an element of possessiveness you oh, know on both of their parts on Fakir and yeah. Rue, because, I mean, she she wanted nothing more than to be with him. And, yeah. I mean, she and Fakir were constantly at odds with each other because they both thought, you know, yeah. what are you doing with my Muto? Exactly. Now, Fakir was more, you know, most definitely a protector. And he came off really rough. At first, and initially, I didn't like Fakir very much. Oh, I thought he was um, a dickhead. Because he he was he was pretty rough. Um, he, he came off really Muto rough. Once. He did, and I did not. And I'm just gonna tell you, I didn't like. I wanted to go up in that television set because that baby didn't deserve that. But again, as time goes on and the story goes on you begin to understand and I, I think the issue between Rue and Fakir was merely shielding whereas she wanted to be loved and she really did love Muto as well sincerely mm -hmm. um, it didn't come off that way at first it appeared that she was being selfish and I think that's what Fakir saw. And he wanted to protect Muto from, you know, being hurt any yeah. more than he had, had been. But 
um, you know, as, as the story goes along, we get to a better understanding of, of things. Yeah, it's just, it's just two, two kids who mm-hmm. don't know what love is because they haven't had, you know, traditional love in their lives. Right. They both, and this just goes back to Drosselmeyer, the story weaver, he just placed all the most tragic characters and scenario all into one town. Yes. And speaking of Drosselmeyer, I remember you having some choice words for him. Mm-hmm. I can't say everything I want to say on this microphone. Oh, sure you can. No, no, I can't. But Do you want me to say it? Every time he show up on the screen, it just sent me into an outrage. I mean, I I would have to talk. I, I don't think one episode went by where I didn't say, I hate him. I hate him. Why does he have to be showing on? Because he was even in the openings. And I was like, oh, I cannot stand his, because he is horrible. But horrible but necessary. And he was a great villain. An excellent story weaver. Well, excellent from the standpoint of throwing the obstacles in. But what made the story great? Because, you know, when you do that, it can go either way. So I'm not going to credit him with the greatness of the outcome of, of the story. I have to credit the characters because they all rose to the occasion. Whatever it was that he spent, you know, spun for them, they were able to rise to the occasion and um, together out maneuver his intent for a horrible ending. Well, I suppose when I say great story, Weaver, I mean he did two things that ended up being to his detriment, but he thought were a great idea at the time. Mm. One was the fact that he recruited Duck, an outsider from his stories, to be a part of this story. Mm. And two, he gave us the single greatest character in all of Princess Tutu, Miss Adel. Miss Adel, yes. I love Miss Adel. I know that's your favorite. She is my favorite. Miss Adel was a puppet that Drosselmeyer created and she she kind of just gained this sentience and she she was she was just a very supporting loving mother-like figure for Duck who just she, the care that she had for her and for the other characters as she grew it was just great and she was so enigmatic and I just I loved her character design like I didn't like the character designs for a lot of these characters but I loved hers she was beautiful she was colorful I noticed um you know even with with her makeup and just her out you know her outward appearance it was just beautiful and kind of angelic almost and you know, her timing was impeccable. Always. And the one thing that I admire about her, a quality that she 
has that really took me a long time as a mom to kind of tap into is she always shows up at the right time. She always gives great direction, but she doesn't always give the answer. She leaves enough latitude for the characters to find the answers for themselves. And you know, as a mom, we always want to give our children the answers because we don't want you all to suffer things that we have gone through. And we're so overprotective in that manner. So to be able to see it demonstrated that it's, it's okay not to give all the details and not to kind of pound our philosophies into our kids and giving you the room to make your own discoveries was terrific. I can definitely say that while watching it, I can see the mother that you have become in Adel versus, you know, who you were when I was growing up, which I think, I think it's great. You know, I think our relationship has improved so much. I've always been a fan of just all the great things that you and I have gone through. Well, thank you, baby. But don't make the people think that I was a bad mom. No, you were never a bad mom. Shoot. You are never a bad mom. I'm just saying, like, you were very overprotective. Yes, And then you just just kind of let us be and do our own thing as we all became adults. Yeah, you know, it's hard. I think you came out the the best probably of everybody else. I mean, from the standpoint of my my journey as a mom, you know, the oldest child always, you know, that's your experiment because everybody is going through something that they haven't gone through before, but you're the baby, so... I was able to, you know, have the other experiences with the older, you know, your older siblings. And then by the time you came along, you know, I was starting to see what I did well, what I didn't do well, and, you know, where I could give you some room. Plus, I have to compliment you. You did a really good job of watching what your siblings went through and classmates and, you know, different things. And you just kind of made up your your mind that you weren't going for the okey-doke in a lot of situations. So you had already developed a sense of, you know, I'm not doing that. And you've done such a good job. You, You have done well at making good decisions, and I'm proud of that. And the love and appreciation that I've garnered for you as I've gotten older, as I've come to appreciate more of the things that you've done and that you still do. And, you know, I know how much you love me and I've always appreciated that. But that's why I wanted you on this episode. Like, as soon as I saw Adel in action, I said, all right, this has got to be the Valentine's episode. I've got to get mom on there. Oh, well, thank you, baby. I didn't think you were going to put me on the podcast. And when you invited me, 
I said, oh, I'm so thrilled. This is an honor. Yeah, this is fun. Because originally I wanted this to be the end of volume three, but then I, you know, we, we had a conversation and you said, you know, Valentine's Day might be better. And after I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot more sense. <laughs> well, you know, one of the reasons I said that is because traditionally Valentine's Day is thought of as a romantic holiday and I realized you know Valentine's Day should be a day to celebrate all kinds of love there's all different types we have friendship love you know sibling love familial love and respect you know it's it's not just about having a girlfriend or boyfriend or you know being married and being in the throes of romance. I mean, that's great. I, I I remember what, you know, Valentine's Day is my favorite day of the year. That's my favorite holiday. You know that. Mm-hmm. So, but I remember that in celebrating Valentine's Day as everybody got older and realized how much I loved that day how you guys all band together to make it special for me. So, like, you know, Dad would plan some kind of extravagant, you know, date, but you guys would pitch in in different ways. You know, somebody would babysit, you know, somebody would buy me an outfit or, you know, just, just different things to enhance the experience and I really love that and I appreciate it. Well, if I had to think of one character, and I think this is the last one on the list other than Duck's two friends who, I mean, one is just a cool tomboy and the other is an instigator. That's <laughs> that's really all there is to him. But if we're thinking about one character who loves Valentine's Day as much as you do, at least I would imagine that they would, <laughs> if not more. It would have to be our boy, Mr. Cat. Mr. Cat is fantastic. Let me tell you, Mr. Cat is fabulous. He is so funny. And Mr. Cat is obsessed with marriage. Oh, every episode <laughs> just... He, he uses it as, as a threat. You know, if someone's acting up, especially Duck, well, I suppose I'll have you, I'll have to have you marry me if you don't do this right. And then <laughs> when they reject him or when he, when, when he's abandoned at the end because they run away, he just does, you know, random cat things. Yeah. And it's, it is hilarious. He's, he's Literally. my second favorite character. At first I was like, what is, what is wrong with this pedophile cat? And then... <laughs> And then I realized, wait, he's a cat. But you know what? Literally, in some of the episodes, you know how cats lick their paws? Yeah. It's, it's like he's licking his wounds of rejection because, but the, these were little girls. I mean, I, I say the character range was between like, like 14, 14 and, 16. and 16. So, I mean, they clearly weren't even th- you know, ready for marriage, but. And like you said, it was always a threat. It yeah. was a, it was a punishment. He presented it as a punishment 
to these girls, but in all sincerity, he would have loved nothing better than for one of them to accept the proposal. And it was so funny, just speaking of Duck's friends, they were constantly, Duck was always the one in trouble, and the two of them were always the ones that were campaigning to rescue her from Mr. Katz. Yeah, punishment. Um, so, and it, it was hilarious. It was just hilarious. Yeah, I love, love, love Mr. Cat. And then there's this, there's this one thing that he did, and I, I busted out laughing. I can't remember if you did or not, but there was this teacher who <clears throat> was keen on taking up his marriage proposal, even though he wasn't proposing to her. And <laughs> she was just chasing him all around school. And he had to sit her down at a cafe and say, look, I understand that you need me, but the thing is, I don't need you. <laughs> I know. He was so cold-blooded to her. but And I'm like, are you serious right now? But you know... This is again. This is this is good conversation for Valentine's Day because you know, I've told you so many times. I have a theory when it comes to romantic relationships. Why is it that people always want the person that doesn't want them? Mm. That Speak tears it. me apart. Speak it. You know, the world would be such a better place. If we could learn to be accepting, because, you know, a lot of times what happens is when we continually have this ideal and this these people that we, you know, feel like we're just going to break and die if we don't get together with, they don't notice us, they end up treating us poorly. You know, you so many people end up regretting their choices and wishing that they had paid more attention to the person who was paying them some attention. It's just, it's really tragic. So, I, you know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, giving people a, a, a chance because sometimes, and I've seen it happen, um, where, you know, somebody didn't partic- wasn't particularly attracted to somebody, but they decided, you know, what the heck, I- I'll give the person a chance. And I seen not liking going to, oh, they're, they're okay, they're cool. And then going from them being cool to, I like that person. And then it going from, you know, I like them to, I really like them. And really <laughs> like them going to, I love them. And that is, that's that's the best. That's just the best. So the, the thing that I really love about Princess Tutu is that it, it really does feel like the ultimate fairy tale. Yeah, it's like a spinning of, Different fairy tales, mm-hmm. too. That's, that's what all, I mean. All into one. Yeah. And it takes cues from different books, stories, plays, ballets, 
So you'll get things like the Ugly Duckling, the Nutcracker, Swan Lake. And yeah, it just makes the ultimate fairy tale, just having all these cool things come together. And it's really special, too, because over my winter break, you and I went to go see the Nutcracker. Yes, we did. And we recognized some of the music. Yes. Because all the music is taken from, you know, classical music, ballets, stuff like that. It was cool to have the opening and have that music. And, you know, right away, the first episode, you know, we were like, oh, that's that's the music from the Nutcracker. And, um, you know, we've been expanding our horizons culturally. So we've, we've done some really cool things. And uh, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah. The the music and especially the OP, they're just so quaint. And I mean, everything about the OP just makes me feel giddy, like I'm in for something special, which, of course, every episode of Princess Tutu is special. It, it is. I mean, to the point that that's how we got to the, the binging and... <laughs> two things I say. One, as far as the opening music, in addition to the classical music, there was a original song mm-hmm. that was so it was just quaint and perfect mm-hmm. for the situation. But I'm not the most patient individual, so you know, after we had heard the song ten times, I was like, man skip the intro and let's get down to business and but you you wouldn't have it you, we had to look at the so I'm glad now so that's I, I always had a little ditty in my head and I, I enjoy it and also it reminds me of what a hard time I gave you in watching this particular series so you showed me a little preview and a tickler. And <laughs> the only thing that I saw was this duck, this cute little duck, turning into Princess, you know, Tutu, into this, this ballerina princess. And I'm like, okay, so what's, what's the deal? What's the catch? What kind of story... I couldn't imagine where would this was this going, and I kept putting saying, "Man, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't see where it's going." But again, those little teasers that you showed me didn't show any of the other characters. That that was literally it. Yeah, the duck turning into, and I'm like, "Come on, dude!" And then when I finally gave in and agreed. It was like I couldn't stop. I, I would, you know, I would set these deadlines. I, I say, oh, come on, boo-boo. We're we going to have to cut this soon because I, I got to get up tomorrow or whatever the case. And then the episode would come to an end, and I would see you holding with the remote pointed towards the TV, and I'm like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> and you, you say, well... Mom, you said this was the last episode. 
And I was like, man, if you don't turn the next episode on, don't play games with me. So, you know, schedule totally got blown and we would sit there. And then the closer it got to the end, it was like we were counting episodes. How many episodes are left? Ten. How many episodes are left? Seven. And I was excited and disappointed at the same time. I get that. Especially because of how it ended. Yeah. I know that ended. I know you weren't the biggest fan of that. I thought that the ending was absolutely perfect. Yeah, and I was I was not happy with the ending at all. Initially, it did not end the way I wanted it to end. And you know, I get physical about these things. Yes, I, I you get do. to stomping my feet and jumping up and, and you know, decrying certain things about, about these shows. But I did calm my little self down and I reflected on what you said, and I, I have to agree. All things considered, it did end the way it was supposed to end, but there's still a little hole in my heart by the way that it, it ended for, for me. I know, but I mean, this is the only thing I'm okay with spoiling. At least Mr. Cat got a happy ending. <laughs> Mr. Cat did, but we, but we are not going to tell anybody. We, we, the challenge is for them to be able to determine what happened to Mr. Cat. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so, it's, yeah. I think it's happy. It was, it, yeah, and and funny. Yes. And, and I just, I love, well played. I just like the way yeah, they, it was clever. they did it very cleverly. So going back to the OP, which will lead me into something else, the animation for the OP was, it was okay. Mm-hmm. It was, it was quaint and it felt, a little bit stiff at times mm. and that's honestly something that you can say for the whole show I agree and I'll tell you I feel like I kind of spoiled you because I put you on to so many visually stunning you did. anime first I mean I've shown you stuff from Kyoto Animation Trigger Wit Studio and I mean I know the first experience with anime that, that you had was Pokemon back in the 90s. Right. And this came out five years after Pokemon debuted. So this was this came out in 2002. But you know, the I agree with you about the animation compared to, you know, what, what I have seen. And to me, it was almost dated. It was muted a little. Um, and it was really reminiscent of cartoons that I watched in the 70s growing up um that is you know what it reminded me of but um I have to say too also the last thing that we watched together before this was Belle and that was I mean that there's no compare that was one of the most visually stunning movies I have ever 
scene, everything about it, the animation, the, the color, the, oh my gosh, the music, everything. to work on it. <laughs> I mean, it was over the top fantastic. So that may have had some influence on it, but you know, the story with Tutu is so good that you're not really paying attention to the deficit in, you know, yeah. the animation. Yeah, it's not that much of a detractor, which, like I said earlier, I'm not a fan of most of the character designs. My favorite is Miss Adel, and, I mean, Mr. Mm -hmm. Cat has a very unique design. Yes, yes. But yes. other than that, I mean, none of them are really anything to write mm -hmm. home about. No. Not at all. I will say the thing that, another thing that saves it aside from the story, which, like you said, excuses the animation, which I, I will say, I, I had another show like that that I've talked about on the podcast called uh, GTO, Great Teacher on Isuka. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember me ever talking about that on mm -hmm. one of our conversations, but that, that's the show that literally the story is so good that you can excuse the animation. But um, this show was animated by Hal Filmmaker, mm -hmm. who would go on to make the Aria series. Mm -hmm. And that's just a super calming show, and they, they only got better from here, but you know they closed down maybe a decade ago. Oh, okay. But yeah, they, they definitely went out with a bang with Aria. But yeah, this was not their best in terms of show but definitely in terms of tell. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I really loved, and I think you agree with me on this, is the backdrops, like the storybook town itself. Oh, yeah, beautiful. A, a place that you would actually want to, definitely want to visit, or, you know, I think you said you could see yourself living there. I could definitely live there. That is just a really nice-looking town, it's everything about it. It's like dreams that I had about where I would want to live when I was growing up. Literally everything about it, I said, you know, this this is it. And you know, other than the aesthetics of of the town, you you know, you could feel the pulse, the emotion. Everybody lived together harmoniously, they worked well together, you know, there was definitely, uh, other than the conflict or the, you know, the, the, the main conflict of, of this story that's being told, um, just a perfect town. And I found it really interesting that it was, the setting was Germany. And, um, you know, up in this, to this point, we've never watched um, a movie or, you know, anything. I, I think maybe Violet yeah, was similar, but Violet's locations were fictitious. This was, you know, very specifically German. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the opening titles um, and the names even were written in German and had, um, I guess, Japanese letter sub, you know, title yeah, lettering. Then, 
it translated it for us, of right. course. So um, I thought that was cool. And that, because we, we've not seen, you know, or, or again, I, I've not seen anything other than Violet that was even closely reminiscent. Also, I didn't know where to put this in my notes, but there, there are two things that I didn't want to talk about. The first is the fact that Fakir has a father figure. I didn't, I really didn't know where to put that. Yes. But I didn't want to talk about it just because, you know, Valentine's Day in love. And yes. Just he, he had a great little arc with Fakir that yes. was, that he was did. awesome. And two, the fact that Princess Tutu is two chapters mm-hmm. throughout the 26 episodes, the chapter of the egg and the chapter of the fledgling. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's incredible that it just came full circle in such a short time because there are some shows that fail to do that. If we're going back to GTO, it ended way too abruptly, but this, again, just ended perfectly for me. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad, too, that you mentioned. I think that his father figure was very relevant in this as as well. And, again... Speaking to the fact that, the, you know, of all the, the different types of love, because one thing that we don't, that's the only place that we actually see a human parent. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see the other characters' parents at all. So. And then, of course, you know, Doug had Miss Adel. Right. Who, again, was right. a puppet. But she's a puppet, correct. Yeah, so... And, you know, Miss Adel, yeah, she... I, I, I felt that she was, you know, assigned to Duck, but Miss Adel got the opportunity to help and assist other characters, mm-hmm. which, which was great. And I will say this about Mr. Cat. And all of his... Humor and temper tantrums and quest for perfection. There were some moments with some of the characters where he showed a sensitive side, an almost parental side, and a care for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as, Mr. Cat loved his students as, for sure. Yeah, as his students. And again, Mr. Cat also employed that same approach that Ms. Adel did. Mr. Cat could sit you down, have a conversation, you know, bring up an area of concern and try to guide you in a direction, but he never gave you the answer. But, oh, Mr. Cat. Well, Mom, I think it's about time to get into the portion of the show where we talk about whether or not we would recommend this to anyone. Okay. Would you recommend this to anyone, the Princess Tutu? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we talked about this before, but the only thing, um, if you are planning to watch this with smaller children, a couple times there's some language. It's not. It's not horrible. I mean, look, second graders. 
probably know how to cuss a whole lot better. This this is probably mild for them in, in 2022. But, I mean, you know, it's a few words. So if you're strict about that. But the other thing, some of the scenes are a little scary. Mm-hmm. But fairy tale scary. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, little kids these days are not anything like I was growing up. I was scared of everything, but they, they, they don't care about stuff like that. But if you, you know, if you believe in parental controls or, or you know that your kid has, you know, has certain frights, you might want to screen it. Well, after that awesome reaction, uh, this is going to sound pretty dull, but I also recommend it. I think it is a wonderful show. I think, just like Mom said, there's slight language and some scary scenes. But ultimately, it's it's family-friendly, and I think it's something that definitely everyone needs to watch. It it definitely brings together some emotional clarity. It helps you kind of go through the things that you might be feeling things that you don't understand about yourself at the time. It, it's, it's a really great way to kind of recuperate and maybe even reach some sort of emotional catharsis as you grow with the characters. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate this show. And, and I tell you, too, um, if you, I can mention one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been talking about passion a lot and how important it is for us to have an opportunity to do the things that we're passionate about. And one of the things that I noticed about Muta was that you had a word that you used to describe him prior to regaining the parts of his heart. He was a husk. And that's exactly what you said. He was a husk. An emotionless husk. So he was he was a beautiful boy, but it was clear that he had no emotion to the even to the point of it appearing to duck, especially that he was sad, you know, that something was missing. But the one thing that was very surprising is how someone who supposedly had no emotion or no heart could dance so beautifully. Um there was so much passion in his dancing. His dancing was beautiful and poetic and just perfectly on point. And it seemed like he actually gained some peace and mm-hmm. um, some form of happiness from doing that. It just flowed so seamlessly. So, you know... Again, on the subject of love, I think the thing that we're passionate about in life is is also a love. Mm-hmm. You, you can you can have a love of what your purpose is and how important it is to foster that and continue to do it. You're which is right. one thing that I'm super proud of as far as you're concerned because I can't tell, I couldn't be more pleased at how you've conducted yourself, how you have identified the fact that you are passionate about anime and 
the lengths that you have gone to to, you know, prepare yourself for a career. And I just love the fact that you your creativity with the podcast and that you you trying to spread the love uh, to as many people as you you can and get them interested. And I have to tell you, if you, you can get me into it, you know, if I love it, I, I'm, I encourage everybody to give it a try because it's really something for everyone. Well, thank you for saying that, Mom. I actually have some really cool titles that I'm working through for Volume 3 right now. So, you know, everyone just stay tuned for that. But do you have anything else that you would like to say? Yes. I have to say, on this Valentine's Day, this special Valentine's this is one of the best Valentine's gifts I could have ever received. So thank you. Oh. <laughs> and... I wanted to say that so many times when you were growing up, you were a little boy, and then you were an adolescent, and even, um, you know, teenagers, and you would come to me, and you were just so unsure about so many things. You know, what is my life going to be like? Am I ever going to, you know, have a good group of friends, social life, what am I going to do for a career, where am I going to go to college, just so many things on your plate, and I just remember always trying to encourage you, but when you would come to me, one of the things that I would tell you is, you know what, baby, every time I look at you, the only thing I see is sunshine. I saw it from the day that you were born, and I still see it. You just have this aura about you, and I love it. And I knew that because when I look at you, I see the sun, that that meant your future was going to be bright, and everything was going to work out, and it has. You've done amazing. You have some of the most amazing, beautiful friends that I'm so grateful for. You're about to graduate again from <laughs> from college, and you actually inspired me to go back to school. So we we we're graduating together, and I just love you. I think you're you're the best. You are the absolute best. Oh gosh, mom, I love you too. I could put some whipped cream on you, oh, like stop. a high fudge Sunday, and just. Eat you up. I love you so much. You are a hoot, you are a holler, and you are the shit. <laughs> and I love you. Well, thank you, son. So with that, I would like to thank everybody for listening to this special episode of The Home for Anime. I would also, of course, like to thank my awesome mom for joining me. Oh, thank you, baby. Thank you for having me. So Princess Tutu is actually available for streaming, you can watch the English dub on Prime Video, or you can watch the sub or dub on High Dive. And Sentai Filmworks is actually distributing the Complete Collection Blu-ray, and they've actually just released a Steelbook. And it's not really worth the money unless you just really want a pretty casing. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm a Blu-ray collector. I think it's cool, but I would... Definitely wait for it to drop like another 40 or $50 before I was even thinking about getting it. 
But yeah, it's very accessible if you are looking for it. And I think High Dive does like a free week trial, so you can get through this in a week because I'm pretty sure we did. Oh yeah, we did it in a couple of days. So. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so on Instagram at Anime Alpha Goat, at Twitter at our Anime Home, or via email at our Anime Home at gmail.com. And yeah. Once again, thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. Yes. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Enjoy it. And be safe. And with that, we are out.